Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In today's episode of Star Talk, it's a Cosmic Queries where we learn all about the Jet Propulsion Laboratories through the lens of its brand new director, Lori Leshen, a geochemist, an old friend actually. And in there we learn about Will we ever get to Europa? Is there a mission on the books? Spoiler alert, yes. And uh, how will it get through the ice? Will it get through the ice at all? Could Might we find fish, freeze-dried or otherwise, buried beneath? And is JPL developing another telescope? If it is, what's it going to do and why? All of that and more on this episode of Star Talk Cosmic Queries with my co-host, Chuck Nice. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Cosmic Queries Edition. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist, and I got Chuck Nice with me. Chuck, my co-host. What's happening, Neil? How are you? So we're going to find out about JPL. Uh, it's a it's a storied place. It's 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 been around even since before NASA. Yet it is a branch of NASA. And what gives it special attention today is that it has a new director. Ooh. And I don't mean to brag, but like I'm personal friends with the new director. Ooh. When you think of that, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. So we introduce Lori Leshen. Lori, welcome to Star Talk. Thank you, Neil and Chuck. It's so great to be with you. What a thrill! Yeah, you you'd like spanking brand new in that position just a few months. You know, this is like our, we're starting out the new year, 2023. Yes, happy New Year, but. You, you haven't been in there more than six months or so. Just about right? six so, months. That's right. Just over. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. Oh, hey. How's it going so far? Good. It's uh, <laughs> every day's an adventure. It's, uh, you know, we have weeks where it's like Mars on Tuesday and Earth on Friday and it's uh, an astrophysics in between. So we've got all kinds of really exciting things. Uh, things so, going Chuck, on. you didn't ask the right question. It's, uh, Lori, what debacle did you inherit? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's a little bit of that. A <laughs> little bit of that. Yeah, so that. Uh, when I arrived, we were the first launch we were supposed to do is a mission called Psyche, which is a really cool mission to a metal asteroid. Right. 
And about uh, three, four weeks. Which Psyche is the name of the asteroid. It is. It's the name of the asteroid. And it's the name of the mission because that's how we roll. And, uh, you know, kind of keep everybody on their toes. Wait, which one are you talking about? Um, Mm -hmm. But talking about the mission, uh, turned out when I arrived about four weeks later, we realized we weren't quite ready to launch. And so we were going to miss that Mm. launch window. Psyche. Shock. Well, yeah, so it's kind of the perfect mission for that, right? Like Lucy football, Lucy meet football. There you go. Um, yeah, That's and funny, unfortunately... Funny. Now, wait, yeah. now, this is super interesting, though, because you're going to a metal asteroid. So interesting. Which we all know there's so many implications kind of wrapped in that. Yeah. And what are you guys going to do? Is it just going? Is it... Gonna orbit? Doing? It's going to go into orbit around this metal asteroid and really map it. We have never visited a metal world, right? We've visited rocky worlds, Mars, Earth, you know, other planets. We have visited icy worlds with the moons of Jupiter and Saturn and the outer planets, Um, you know, so-called, you know, uh, icy worlds or ocean worlds. Um, But we've never visited a metal world. That's because there actually aren't that many of them. And what, Lori, that's where Iron Man comes from. Well, it is also where Iron Maiden comes from. Oh, the group. Yeah, that may or may not be in our level one requirements. I don't really know. Yeah, but we are going. So we're going to go later this year. We're going to we're going to launch in October. It's not. It's not totally scratched. It's not. No, in fact, and you know, COVID had a lot to do with it. Honestly, like you can't you can't build Mm -hmm. spacecraft from your parents' basements. Like you gotta. You gotta be. Um, we gotta be here and be together. And and we missed some things, yeah. and we needed to get that right. It's much having been involved in missions that launched that weren't ready to launch and that weren't successful as a result. It's much better to sort of call a timeout and say, "Let's do this right." And that's what we've done. So, if when you're awesome. head, you can call timeout on adults, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, when your parent, you say it to your kids, but you're your director. Yeah, time out. no, we're not putting them in a timeout. We're more oh, in the oh, football oh, sense oh, of a timeout. Sorry, we're sorry, calling sorry. A, we call the timeout gotcha. to say we're not going to launch if we're not ready, and uh, let's go fix the issues, which were software issues. It turns out hardware's doing great. It's actually already in Florida, waiting for it's going to launch on a Falcon Heavy, which is going to be really. Rocking. <laughs> and Falcon is is SpaceX. SpaceX Falcon right. Heavy. Yeah. So that's exactly. the one with three like three Falcon Nine cores on it. So it's, right. it's wow. a big kick out to out to Psyche. So Lori, you're a geochemist. So are you a geologist that does chemistry, or you're a chemist that does geology? How do what do we think of you uh-huh. as this? These two professions stapled together in one title. Yes, that's exactly right. I actually studied chemistry as an undergraduate, mm. and then sort of switched into geo. Science. So I really do kind of sit at the middle and I care a lot about life in the universe. But because I come from a family of doctors, my big rebellion in life was I never took biology in college. Wow. So, mm, okay. Yeah. Right. That, that, that was like my big, you know. Yeah. So, so where did, that, I'm a how did the space part of this become interesting to you? For me, it was I was a 10 year old girl seeing the very first pictures from the surface of Mars from the Viking missions way back in the wow. 70s. And I grew up in Arizona, and I think there was just something about that landscape that really spoke to yeah. me. I wanted to reach out and touch those rocks 
And that has stayed has stayed with me all these years. Wow. And all these years later, I I get to we're working right now to bring rocks back from well, Mars. So, so, not, not a very good uh, advertisement for Arizona. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, it's beautiful. I, I disagree. I saw the surface of Mars and figured that I got to get out of here. <laughs> Every day I get to look at new pictures from Mars, and they are remind you of inspiring. Home. Yes, yeah, okay. exactly. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm going to end up probably after I retire in Sedona, which is about as Mars-like as you can get. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just the thing. And what's me. your relationship with the Mars Curiosity rover? I'm on a team. I've actually been on the Curiosity team since before it was even called Curiosity. Ooh. It's uh, going all the way back to the initial formulation of the science goals. I'm involved in two of the instruments. I was here at JPL. By, well, before I worked for JPL, I was here. When we landed on Mars, it was actually on my birthday in 2012. We landed on Mars with Curiosity. Mm -hmm, awesome mm -hmm. birthday present. Most awesome birthday ever. And uh, yeah, I got to have gotten to work on the, our discoveries around water on the uh, in the in the soil and right, the rocks. Right. So great mission. Still going. Ten years later, still, still going. Still going. And so, do you get to set priorities for JPL, or does that come from up on high? Because mm. you presumably report to the the administrator of NASA, the, the head of NASA, and the head of NASA, I think, reports to the vice president, right, or someone in the White House. So what is the ch what's the chain of command there? How much autonomy do they give you? Mm. Or rather, well, I didn't answer right. right. How much autonomy do you take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Because I you. know you. I know you. <laughs> so it's interesting, actually. I mean, there's a, that's a multifaceted question, which I won't give you the, the long answer. But First of all, we're unique among, everyone knows about NASA centers, right? Houston, we have a problem, and we launch things from from uh, Florida at Kennedy Space Center. Those are our government labs where all the employees are, are government employees. We are actually a different kind of a flavor of that. We actually all work for Caltech. We're a federally funded research and development center. FFRDC, um, so we're yes. The, an FFRDC, we are the only... Um, NASA Center, that is such. So so we have a bit of a dual reporting relationship. Where we get to sort of, I think, our close connection with Caltech, a, a storied university, is great for our, our sort of innovation wait, culture. Wait, who signs your paycheck? We That's who we want to. Is it Caltech or NASA? They do. Oh, Caltech there it is. Okay. Caltech oh, does. Right. But, but all of the money that funds us flows through okay. NASA. <laughs> so okay. It's, uh, I got you. I have multiple bosses, yeah, okay. shall we say. Okay. So, but, but, so it's really important that we um, align our priorities with with NASA's and and also that the inventions that we're investing in and making help drive NASA's priorities, right? It's a bit of a two-way oh. street. So we get to see kind of what's up and coming, where's the science going, and share that with the science community, share it with NASA, and that helps drive what missions NASA ends up doing, right? So it's it's two-way. That's that's beautiful. And so you also are duly appointed. It's not just that Caltech signs your check. You're actually affiliated with one of the departments there. That's right. I'm I'm a vice president at Caltech, and I'm also a professor at Caltech in my old PhD department where I got my doctorate. Oh, my oh wow! Yeah. Hometown yeah, they girl. They actually gave me an office on campus. It's my old grad back. student office. If you can oh believe my that. God. <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. Come, come back. That's yeah. good. You get wow. to you, you get fun. to go back to your it's old fun. department and flex your muscles. That's, yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, unfortunately, this job takes a lot of time, <laughs> so I don't have a ton of time to spend on campus. But uh -huh. um, but the connection to Caltech is super important to us. No, excellent, excellent. And so uh, just before we get to our Q&A, is, um, is there one or more, or what's your top goal for JPL in, your, in the tenure that you're about to 
Yeah, I mean, it, so it's a really uh, so much of it's about delivering on our our ex- really exciting near term portfolio. We've got um, we just launched an Earth the latest Earth Science mission called SWAT, which is all about understanding Earth's water. We are oh, thank working God. on. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. What could be more important? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm the name SWAT. SWAT. I thought the you were going to take us out. Right. <laughs> no, SWAT, surface, water, ocean, oh, fog, everything's an acronym here. Not special here. weapons and tactics. Okay. Right. No. Okay. Right. Surface, water. And and we're going to launch Psyche this year. We're going to launch a mission to Jupiter next year that's wow. going to focus on its icy moon Europa. Nice. I want to get back to that. I have probably questions on that too, but keep going. And then Mars sample return. Go to Mars. Mm-hmm. Come back mm-hmm. for the first time ever, that Mars round trip. Mm-hmm. So delivering on those missions is is. is our highest priority. Get so your I, ass to Mars. <laughs> so and come back. And then and get come back. back. That's right. right. No one-way trip here. <laughs> Echoing Kurt Vonnegut, Lori, is this one of these situations where you bring the sa- sample back from Mars and the last sentence ever spoken oh, no. in the human species is, Let's look inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't laugh. I'm not laughing about that. No, we're taking it very seriously. It's called, as you know, Neil, plananetary protection is like a whole yeah, thing, yeah, right? T- and and we're taking it really, really yeah, seriously. I'm just giving you an They've excuse to talk about it. Yeah, about yeah. It. Mm-hmm. yeah. So planetary protection—you got people looking over your shoulder to make sure what you bring back is properly sealed and contained and everything. Exactly. Yeah. And boy, you you should see. I mean, uh, I actually happen to have here a model of one of the. Uh, the sample tubes, each each sample is about the size of your pinky. So uh-huh. there are little rock cores about the size of your pinky. So and drilled out. Sealed in tubes, which are then sealed in, they're drilled yeah. out, sealed inside things that's sealed inside that and sealed inside something else. I mean, like it's, okay. there's a lot of seals. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm just like going to keep it safe. A little no, no, no. doll I, of a sample. Wait, wait, no, here it is. So it's, it has seven seals. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm I'm resisting making seal. And no, 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 noises. no. And then she opened the seventh seal. And then right. <laughs> exactly. You ushered in the yeah. entire apocalypse. There you go. <laughs> so, Chuck, you got questions for, for my friend here. Indeed, we have? do. Mm-hmm. Indeed, we do. Uh, I guess we'll just. And these are from our, from our uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, yes, they are. Nice. Hello, Dr. Tyson, Lord Nice, Dr. Leshen. Does NASA have any plans for future missions to Europa? Jumping right into it. Ooh. The fact that the cold, frigid world might have an ocean of water underneath is absolutely fascinating. What are the challenges of a manned or even a robotic exploration of Europa? And what concerns might we have for the potential of life in its waters? My man has all gone, he's gone full sci-fi. He went all the way. He went all the way. Right he on, went all right the way. Where, he was just like, okay, are we going? How are we going to get there? Will it be us? Will it be robots? What about the fish? <laughs> and if not, yeah. So the guy's all in, and that is a brilliant question, all-encompassing, that we will get to when we return from this first break. Star Talk, Cosmic Queries with my good friend, Lori Leshen, recently appointed as the director of the Jet Propulsion Laboratories, Pasadena, California. Stay tuned. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. 
Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. I'm Joel Cherico, and I make pottery. You can see my pottery on my website, CosmicMugs.com. Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're back, Star Talk. Cosmic Queries, all about the Jet Propulsion Laboratories from the horse's mouth itself. Lori Leshen recently appointed as director of those labs in Pasadena, California. And Lori, uh, I want my life as an astrophysicist does not normally overlap the lives of geochemists, which is what you are. And we were just kind of sort of merged together now 20 years ago or so uh, on a commission under then President George W. Bush to study the future of NASA. And we were assembled, we were sort of handpicked to bring all of the NASA portfolio together at one table, right? And so you're bringing in the geology yeah. and I'm bringing in some astro. We had some other folks. We had an aeronautics person, one of the A's in NASA stands for aeronautics. Mm -hmm. So uh, I greatly enjoyed our, our time together there and the collaboration that that represented. And, and, and dare I say, I, when I, <laughs> you were just a lowly academic at the time, but you were like totally in charge of every one of those meetings. And I said, damn, girl, you know, go on. <laughs> and the next time I turn around, you're like president of the um, Worcester Polytechnic Institute and now, he yeah. now head of, of the Jet Propulsion Labs. And I'm trying to think how many other titles are left. Head of NASA. Okay, uh, there you go. Uh, I'm quite happy where I am, but 
You know, I mean, it's hard to believe it's been almost 20 years now. Yeah, 20 years, and, yeah, yeah. And that was a really transformative professional experience for me. And I give you all the credit for my future success after just, I mean, you were there. At the- what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it was, it was Laura, such a great learning experience for me. You were already on the show. You were already you don't yeah. have to butter up the the host. You can, <laughs> you're already a guest on the show. <laughs> it's all true. Uh, I, but it was uh, my second commission. That's true. yes, was, you had I done. Like I was the kid. I was the youngest of the nine commission members, and yeah. it was a it was a huge learning experience for me. It and was it, just clear that I said this woman's going to be in charge of something one day. That was you're, very clear. But nice. you're right. We had a we had a uh, didn't we have a four star general Air Force general? We did General Lyles. Yes. Yeah, General yes. Lyles, and it was it was quite a pedigree. Incredible. Group. Uh, yeah. incredible leaders across mm-hmm. lots of parts of government, industry, academia. And yeah. uh, and it really showed me that like broadening my perspective on things. I had been an academic my whole life uh, mm-hmm. and I was feeling the ivory tower. And, and yeah, the yeah. idea of ditching my tenure and joining NASA, which I did soon after that, um, mm-hmm. was really, uh, came from, from that work. Yeah, sometimes it's a calling. Right, and not literally a phone call, but <laughs> the universe beckons, and you replied. Yeah. So, excellent. We're glad to have you there. So, thank you. Uh, we're getting back to the question that we dangled right in front of all three of us. Uh, what's the person's name again, Chuck? It's Jonathan Cull or Kuehl. K U H L. Kuehl. Okay. Cull or Kuehl. Kuehl. He's probably Jonathan Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll get the letter on social media. Chuck, my name is Cool, as in Joe. Joe Cool. So tell us about Europa, because that question was all about everyone's favorite moon of Jupiter. It is so exciting. So, literally, right now, as I speak to you, the, our, our first dedicated mission to Europa is sitting in our high bay in our big giant clean room here at JPL, being put together, being assembled and tested. And it's called Europa Clipper. It's going to launch in October of 2024. So less Just a, than a two- quick question. Yeah. Is, is that room, this room you're describing, is that, I've been in a room where an entire wall was HEPA filters. Filters, yes. yes. Is that what this wall is? Yes, okay. Okay. yes exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, to keep mm-hmm. it quite clean and everybody in there is Head to toe in bunny suits, as we call them, to make sure that you know n- none of our schmutz gets on the spacecraft. Right? No schmutz. You, you don't want to discover the coronavirus on Europa and say, "Oh my gosh!" Definitely yeah. not that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and then it's like no somebody, anybody's hair. So, somebody sneezed bef- right yeah, before right. the launch. Exactly. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, and so we're in there putting that spacecraft together. It's going to go to Jupiter. It's actually going to go into orbit around Jupiter but do multiple, a couple of dozen very close flybys to Europa and with nine different sensors that are going to tell us about the ocean underneath the ice, about the thickness of the ice. So there's some places where maybe the ice gets really thin. If there's stuff spewing out from the surface, mm-hmm. we're going to analyze that with a mass spectrometer. That would be through a crevasse, presumably, or some kind right, of Right, or some kind right. of crack, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, but, but so again, so how, the, how thick are we talking here? How thick? Um, many kilometers, probably even tens of kilometers thick in places. Wow. But the how do you want to see if there's water? How do you, how, how, how? That's the question, right? So if we can find some spots where the ice is thinner, that helps you with the follow-up mission, which should be a landed mission, right? Okay. We don't have that approved yet, but we've been working on the technology to make it possible to go land on a moon of Jupiter. Mind-blowing, are you kidding me? Um, mm-hmm. By the way, this is a solar-powered mission at Jupiter. You know, Neil, how much further from 
right. uh, the sun, Jupiter is, then the earth, right. five times further, right? So the right. solar panels are giant. They would stretch from the toe to the crown of the Statue of Liberty. Whoa. Those are wow. big. So it's the biggest Whoa. thing we've ever built at Wait, JPL. So Jupiter is five times farther away. So it's receiving one twenty-fifth exactly right. of the R sun's squared. intensity. So right. if you're going to try to get the same power you would have hanging out at Mars, but at Jupiter, you're going to have your panels have to be twenty-five times bigger. It's big, pure and simple. Right. So wow. it's a it's a it's a beast. It's a beast. And then the the spacecraft itself with nine different sensors, which of course the scientists want all nine to be running every time you fly by Europa. So it's quite complicated. And the um, radiation environment at Jupiter is really harsh and nasty, which is one reason why probably the surface of Europa is not a very habitable environment. But down in the ocean, you know, who knows? Could there be something swimming around? Well, That's where it's shielded. Right. It's shielded yes, from it's the... shielded. Yeah, exactly. It's nice oh. and, you know, oceany So I heard, there. You know, I've seen close-up photos of the surface of Europa where the, where the ice looks like it has cracked yes. and then refilled and then, and then froze yep. again, right? So yep. if it had cracked, that means water from below seeps up. That's right. So to the surface and then freezes again. So yep. could you have like freeze-dried fish right there in those you cracks? You could. You mm. could have freeze-dried organic-based something, organic fish. Fish. Say life. it. Right. Say it. Fish. fish is pretty advanced. I'd be happy with algae, like pool algae underneath the ocean, and then you raise your some expectations. Algae. Yeah. All right. At Fine. least krill. serpents, At least eels, krill. whatever you want. <laughs> Loch Ness monster. Yes. There you go. Loch. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be totally cool. <laughs> so that seems to me that if you can't dig through kilometers of ice, you could at least scoop up something from one of the fissures. Exactly. And so even from orbit, we think there is some outgassing going on that we can we can look for organic molecules and try and understand what's happening there. And then with a lander, hopefully you can, again, dig into the surface and, and understand what's happening. So I, wow. I, I don't mean to brag, but I was in, in um, I had a very brief cameo in a movie called The Europa Report. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. yes. So it was a movie, and what uh -huh. they did, they just asked my permission to uh, quote me from a media interview that I was in. So I didn't have to, like, perform for it. Oh. Uh, and, and, and they just got me saying, I want to go to Europa Dig through the, dig through its surface and go ice fishing. Cut exactly. off. That's oh, what I nice. said. Nice. And they, they like that. Right? So, yeah, yeah, I think I got like a thousand good quote. for that. That was nice. That was like, yeah. like it's hard. Nice. That's going to be a challenge to get through that ice for sure. So we're uh -huh. already working on technology to help us do that. Yeah. So that just uh, just uh, just to give a shout out to the film, it was like like an indie budget kind of film, heard, and it was yeah. called the Europa, Europa Report because they go to Europa. And the entire movie are just mission cameras positioned in the cockpit and on the exterior of the vessel and on the helmets of the crew. So every next scene, it says camera three and camera seven. And so that was like sort of the, the what you had to buy into the fact the vibe. that this was a report yeah. given to Congress to the sum of this mission. So it was an interesting um, uh, premise. So, so yeah, people. But yeah, when science fiction is all up in your in your situation, you know you're onto a, a, an interesting subject. It is, and it's a one of 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 what we think now are many what we would call ocean worlds in the outer solar mm -hmm. system. Back when you and I were growing up in science, Neil, that we were not thinking about habitable environments that far from the sun, right? No, or and certainly not is, on moons. Moons yeah. were like, who cares about moons? Right. Let's go mm -hmm. to the planets themselves. No, yep. So it's a and, whole, whole other world. So it's, it's the beginning. I, I really believe this is the beginning of a 
sort of new wave of exploration in the outer solar system. We got to figure out how we go there more often than every 20 or 30 years, right? We got to figure out how we go there faster. I'm a little older than you to put it in context. When I was, when we were first going out to the solar system, everything was a flyby. Yeah. Right? No one went into orbit around the planets. So Voyager. So tours of this. Voyager was, well, Voyager 1, 2, Pioneer 10 and 11. Still going. We're all just flybys. <laughs> so you, you had to like get your camera ready, you know, right? right as you <laughs> there <whiz> goes. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it. So, no. Chuck, give me some more. More questions. How many All right. Let's keep here? it going. Let's keep it going. Fernando uh, Colon says this. Uh, Dr. Lesson, greetings from San Diego. My question is simple. Now, with the achievement of fusion ignition uh, at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, Ooh. will fusion energy play a role in space travel? And if so, how long will it take until it becomes viable as a main energy source for rockets? I love it. Mm -hmm. I love uh, it. Yeah, let's get this done. Yeah. Okay? Is what he's saying. So so it, that's a great question. I mean, it's so con huge congratulations to the the NIF team up, up at Livermore. That, mm -hmm. that is a huge achievement. And it's like step one, step yeah. 0 0.1 on the road mm -hmm. to doing yeah. what, um, what is being asked about because yeah. they got a long way to go to try and get that scaled. Uh, right. But but you got to start somewhere. And and they've been working towards this milestone for years. So congrats to them. So in, in space, we now use fission energy. We do use nuclear energy, but it's it's of a different kind, right? We use radioactive uh, um, things like plutonium that actually produce energy when they split apart into other atoms. So that is today available to us. And we, in fact, use it extensively. Our Mars rovers use it. We use it out beyond Jupiter. You really can't do solar power. So we, we've used it on missions like Cassini and Saturn. And but, but wait, but you're getting that energy a little bit for free? Because the, the plutonium naturally decays. Correct. So you just send the plutonium right. and, the, and, the, and the blob of it gets hot. And the thing, the hard part about that is just concentrating the plutonium, right? You've yeah, got yeah, to separate right, it out right. and get it ready. But you but, don't need to, those are not sitting in a nuclear reactor. They're just right. their own thing. Yeah. So that's kind of like that's free, right. free. That's so right. now, but with a fusion, it seems like you got to you gotta get that to happen. On yeah. Your own. I mean, I think it's going to be a while is the, yeah, is okay. the honest answer to the question. <laughs> because yeah. nobody quite knows how to scale beyond the little tiny bit that they were able to do yet. But yeah. but you got to start somewhere, and uh, and the sun knows how to do it. So you know, yeah, sun never had any yeah. trouble making that happen. <laughs> and, yeah. So Chuck, time for another one. Keep going. Here we go. This is Alan of Wales. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. And so Alan says, uh, Doctor Tyson, Doctor Lesson, and uh, Chuck. Uh, it is amazing to see the Space Launch System successfully orbit the Orion capsule and to see it safely return to Earth. But really, what grounds does NASA have to continue to build expandable launch systems? Agreed, massive profits, no doubt, made supplying this one-time throwaway equipment. But does NASA have any plans to build reusable systems like commercial companies have already successfully mm. deployed? Mm. Ooh. Well, well, Lori said she's not using a NASA vessel. She's they're getting That's launched right. on a Falcon. Using this, yeah. this, right? we, how, how much of the Falcon Heavy is reusable? So it depends on what you're launching. So um, in some cases, they actually will fly um, like two of the boosters back. Uh, mm -hmm. They've done that with heavies. In some cases, you want 
to take every last bit of fuel out of that reusable rocket. And so you actually use it in an expendable mode. So that's an option for us as well. Um, So, you know, just just to be clear, in case people don't realize, if you're going to bring the boosters back, you launched them with fuel that did not participate in continuing to send your payload to its destination. So, so you're using up weight yes. in order to bring the thing back. So there's quite the interesting economic trade-off there right. between yeah. the reusability and the cost of your mission. But I think, um, you know, I think Artemis is, was a huge success, and it's just great yeah. to see that launch. I mean, in some ways, that program saw its origin from the from the work that Neil and I did together on oh, the yeah. commission back in the day. Right? It was, that a was all the about future. what's to come after the shuttle. On the future of the U.S. Um, space, uh, space exploration program. Exploration yeah. program, right. So mm-hmm. we're proud to see that flying. Right, right. Nice little humble brag happening no, here. Stop, stop. Dang right. Mm-hmm. Take okay. a little credit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck, Chuck, slip in another question before we go to break. All right, here we go. Uh, this is Adam Akra, who says this. Hello, Dr. Laurie, Neil, and Mr. Nice. I've always been fascinated by the thought of going to another planet. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is feasible in our lifetimes? Well, Adam, we don't know how old you are, but... uh, (laughs) If he's 89, you better say... The answer is no. He says, (laughs) says, at least, at the minimum, to see another human being make it to Mars. Um, And for your reference, I'm 50 years old. uh Okay, oh, good, good. Okay. So, Lori... JPO is completely... um, Robotic. Robotic, right? So you could you could say we're already on Mars. We, we are down an and SUV right. size rover. But um, so, do we need people on Mars? Are you where do you, what do you, what do you do with people? And and do we do the people learn anything from all of your efforts and orbital trajectories and 100%. orbital inserts? To uh, how much shared uh, insights are is there? Between yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you look at the history of JPL, I mean, there's a lot of ways to answer this, but one of the our very first you know, forays into deep space was on missions like Ranger and Surveyor, which paved the way for astronauts to go to the moon 50 years ago. Yes, right? of course. Yes. And so yes. we, and today that the, that way is... Well, just for those paved. who don't know, those two missions photographed in high detail the surface of the moon Correct. so that we could judge what might be the best place we to land. We had no idea. What no we idea. Like. Not the only first the safest place, we place. just tried to crash it in. We missed a bunch of times, by the way, right. as we were getting <laughs> oh, to I didn't like, know that. literally like, whoops, missed the moon. Darn it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and... <laughs> Plus, it's true. there's, the, there's a lot of good land, stories around here. <laughs> you want to land safely, plus you want to land where there's some interesting geology, right? That's Otherwise, right. Like, what's the point? But right? we didn't even know, you know, where the lander's going to sink into the lunar dust. Like, there was right. all kinds of stuff with basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And and our rovers on Mars are, are and landers are paving the way today um, for human exploration. And Mars sample return, which is actually going to be the first mission to make the round trip to Mars, is a big mm-hmm. one. In you know, actually launching something from the surface of Mars. That comes back to Earth, right, so right, so right. we're absolutely paving the way. I'm optimistic that uh, in was it Adam? I'm sorry, Adam's lifetime yes, that right. uh, that we will see people on Mars, and and I'm bullish on what they can do as a geologist. If we look at what one of our rovers does in a day, and they've actually done some tests around this, a human could do that in a minute or two, right? Kind of go right. somewhere, look around mm-hmm. a bit, try to figure. It's it's and, it's and how the, fast do the rovers rove? Oh, you know, curiosity goes about as fast as a human can walk. So it's okay. reasonable, but not very fast. 
um, right. perseverance who's there now is, is, is a bit um, zippier, so can go a, a little bit faster. It's still going to be slow on, like, it's not race car time, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rover just, races, that's how you know yeah. we're in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Lori, we've got to take a break, but when we come back, we'll continue, and we might even go into a lightning round Ooh. of Cosmic Queries on Star Talk with the freshly minted director of the Jet Compulsion Laboratories, Lori Lecher. We'll be right back. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential and through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, Auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We're back. Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. We've got the newly minted head director of the Jet Propulsion Laboratories, a branch of NASA, which is a also, in a way, a branch of the California Institute of Technology, Caltech in Pasadena, California, ensuring that it has an unending uh, access to academic excellence. Brilliant. Yeah. That, that uh, Caltech only knows is academic excellence. So, so Lori, is, um, do they let you 
a jump onto social media all by yourself or you have to vet what you post? Because if people want to follow what yeah. you do, how do they do that? I am at Lori of Mars on Twitter. Wait, 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 wait. Lori what? Lori of Mars. Lori of Mars? That is my Twitter oh, handle. Oh, my God, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E. Yes, of Mars. Of Mars. Okay. I'm still on Twitter. I'm like, Hopeful. <laughs> you didn't get you get bumped off. Okay. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then there's a ton of JPL social media too on almost every platform you can imagine. And so, we what's are, JPL's handle? Uh, at NASA JPL. NASA JPL. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Very good. Then there's all lots of our missions are tweeting. Uh, you know. Uh, actually, Mars Insight is a good example. We just came to the end of mission of Mars Insight recently, and it put out kind of a last tweet. My power's getting low. I mean, I'm, honestly, so I get a little it, curious. It speaks in the first person. It does. Person. It yeah, does. Okay. So, oh. so, exploring Mars, our our uh, our rovers are tweeting. There you go. Uh -huh. Mark Watney, we're coming for you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always okay. hard to see one come to an end, even though yeah. it lasted, far outlasted its uh, its mission design. Its expiration date, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Chuck, let's maybe we can do a lightning round this segment. Sure. So, Lori, you just have to answer quickly, okay? All right. And shut me up <laughs> if I interrupt, okay? So, Chuck, Good. go. All right, our friend Kevin the sommelier says, Ooh. congratulations, Dr. Lashen, on Thank your you. directorship. Having a background in geochemistry, I'm sure the asteroids and comets are of great interest to you. How likely is it to capture one and harness its resources within the next 25 years? And to celebrate your new role, I would recommend a bottle of Laurent Perrier Rosé. Ah. Hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for the recommendation. Um, yeah, Laurent Perrier, Laurent. it's a sparkling wine. It says sparkling so, rosé. Yeah, it's a spark. And so the, oh, I the, love that. It's, it would be rosé because... It's made from the Pinot Noir grape, yes, but without, not left without. too long in contact with the skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the Brut Rosé, I will tell oh, you. Nice, so, nice. Oh, nice. Thank you that. for well, the he, uh, recommendation. I See? He's, a great pair, he's a great sommelier. He, perfect. He, he knew this without even meeting yeah, Exactly. Him. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> perfect. Come, I could use a personal sommelier. No, I'm actually <laughs> married to one. <laughs> so uh, that's good. Hey, um... Asteroid. So, you know, capturing... Yeah, when are we going to get rich off of asteroids? Oh, no, look, I think um, near-Earth asteroids, exploring them for resources and learning to live more off the land out in space is really important to keep pursuing. It's um, it's a huge challenge. 25 years is probably about the right kind of time frame to be thinking about. Okay. And how about comets? Is there any value to the water that's on them? Boy, am I, you know, we, we don't know enough about the surface of comets yet, but mm -hmm. but um, probably somewhat less valuable would be my initial um, relative take. to the to the to the uh, metals and, and minerals. Other things. Yeah, okay. Mm. But okay. we have so unless much more to learn. Unless you're thirsty in space, then you always um, want some water. That's true. <laughs> okay. yeah. Or just bring some brute rosé. Or, yeah. <laughs> or you do what they do on the space station: just recycle your pee. Oh, well, yeah. I think we'll be doing that. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different kind of That's rosé. That's a different question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck, keep it coming. That was All nice. right, this good, is good answer uh, there, Lori. Nice and quick. Thank uh, you. Our friend Y. Koss says this with quite an attitude, I oh. might admit. Uh, from the Russian Luna and 2-3 missions in 1959, which landed and crashed and orbited the moon, and the manned Apollo program in the 60s, uh, to the Chinese uh, uh, Chang'e 5, uh, capstone orbiter and the Korean uh, Dernori mm -hmm. orbiter. There have been many, many moon missions. 
What makes the Artemis program so particularly interesting? Ooh. Mm. Oh. oh. Well, I think the goal of Artemis, and, and again, JPL isn't, doesn't have a huge role there, although we're involved on, um, we did all the communications with Orion once it went beyond uh, near Earth. So we run the deep space network for NASA. Um, so we're the ones who are talking to Orion. Those beautiful pictures you saw coming back of the Earth and Moon, those came through our deep space network. The, but the goal of Orion is that, continu- is that um, you know, the presence that isn't just about flags and footsteps. It's about learning to really live on other worlds. Nice. And none of those robotic missions have done that. And really to have a sustained presence out in the solar system, the moon is a great training ground. Yeah, I, the, the blunt answer is Artemis is putting people back on the moon. Yeah. Everything right. else is a, is a robot. So There you go. People. Yeah. There you have yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Humans. Yeah. Great answer. And the first one. Great answer. And person I thought he had you. He thought he, he thought, had you. Yeah, he was coming at it like, was yeah, coming. I got her now. Yeah, it was a great Hi. answer. <laughs> All right. This is Christopher Bax. He says, howdy, everybody. My question is about the future of spacecraft propulsion. Mm-hmm. Are there any promising new technologies and development that you think will revolutionize future space missions? So fusion, we've agreed, is pretty Great. far off, Not at so least much, as an engineering yeah. solution. But, you know, but NASA's been involved in some stuff, right? Sure. I mean, you know, we're continuing to do more things like solar electric propulsion. Um, there actually is, we're testing some green propulsion technologies on one of our very small lunar robotic missions that we just launched called Lunar Flashlight that, you know, I think that's an interesting thing to think about, uh, especially with the number of launches that that uh, we're doing as a as a planet. Um, Wait, is, to that, think about is that more, a solar sail? No, it's what? not. It's different oh. kind of uh, chemical propulsion. Okay. And, uh-huh. Which is, mm-hmm. I think, as much as I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rocks. I study rocks. Did I mention <laughs> that? <laughs> That's hilarious. Stationary rocks. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, but the point is, uh, NASA does presumably have an entire uh, uh, sub industry within itself thinking about propulsion. You bet. You bet. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We work a lot on solar electric propulsion here. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. There you go, Christopher. Your answer is we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is Corey Allen says, hello, Dr. Leshen. Uh, this is Corey from Minneapolis. Um, if we parked a satellite with a high-powered laser in orbit around an icy moon like Europa okay. or even Enceladus, could the laser burn a hole into the surface in which a small probe could be dropped? Would this not be easier and less intrusive than drilling into the ice? Thank you all. Love the show. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. Corey, you would make a great Bond villain. <laughs> space laser. Giant space, space laser. Lasers. Yeah. Giant yep. space laser. Mm-hmm. The laser, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so the interesting, so good one, Corey. Thank you. Very creative. And we we love those kind of creative ideas at JPL. And we like to think about them. Turns out getting through the ice at, at a place like Europa is really hard because it tends to want to close up on itself, right? right. And so you need something that's going to kind of hold open the hole once you've made it. Just like on Earth, when they are drilling, they they put casing inside the hole, right? And and doing that down through lots of deep ice is hard. So a from-space solution there, I don't think would work. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But I love the creativity. Yeah, I'd like that, Lori, the way you said that, because thinking about it in real time, you can milk the top little bit like let's say a few centimeters and there's a little puddle right but it wants to refreeze yeah so so you have to keep heating it to prevent that from refreezing while you melt the next few centimeters right 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 and now that you've got that melted you need the heat to keep that liquid 
while you melt the next few centimeters. So I don't know if it's just a single laser pointing down would accomplish this. Right. Because you're fighting against nature, which just wants to freeze the whole damn thing over. Right. And just and once you get deep enough, the pressure, you know, it just wants to close up on itself. So right, it, right. we actually have some some colleagues at Caltech working on this. It turns out to be a really challenging problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need a perfectly vertical um lightsaber. That's what you need. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right perfect through there, yeah. lightsaber. Just yeah. let it keep going down. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> take it Messier says this. Hello, Lori, Neil, and our personal ha-ha physicist. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, ha-ha physicist. Right, okay. Yes, the ha-ha physicist. Uh, Tegan here from British Columbia. I was wondering, since gravity affects light, how does the Earth's gravitational field not affect the way we see Earth looking from outside of our own gravitational field and vice versa from inside gravity when we're looking from another planet. So that sounds like a Neil question to me. Yeah, that that's, is I think that's like Neil an astrophysicist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Question. I, I, Earth, as big and as massive as it is, it, it is vanishingly small in its effect on gravity and its effect on the light in its vicinity right. to not have that matter at all. To either we looking out from Earth or right. from outside Earth looking in. As we start getting more and more dense and massive, like towards a black hole, then it completely right. distorts the visual environment, not only looking out, but also looking in. But so, so yes, that happens, but you have to be way more uh, massive, yeah. massive than Earth is. So yeah, don't okay. worry about it. Yeah. Wow, great yeah, answer. Cool. Good. Cool, 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 cool. Thanks All for right. thanks for jumping in on that one, Neil. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> You're my I'm, personal astrophysicist today. <laughs> I, got, I got your back, Lori. Okay. All right. Here's Stephen Smith. Stephen Smith. Man, we are we are moving along. This is the fastest lightning round we've ever had. Okay. No, uh, Lori's Stephen, badass. Yeah. That's why yeah. I knew that. We knew that. Maybe you'll have Stephen me back. Smith. Yeah. Stephen Smith says this. Hey, y'all. It's Steve here from just outside. Wusta. Oh. I guess that's Massachusetts. Wusta. Right? Wusta is how they say it. Wusta. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah. Wusta. Wusta. Uh, wait, wait, wait. That's Lori's old stopping ground. It is. That I must lived there be it. That's for w- eight years. Wonderful Wusta. Uh, wicked cool. All right. So, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wicked cool. Wicked. Yeah, <laughs> he says, uh, Dr. Lori, has there been any progress in creating an ion space engine? For interplanetary, so which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very cool. I I don't know about the engine side, but we are thinking a lot about missions that go beyond the solar system. I do think it's on the frontier. I think you'll see in the coming year, um, you know, more discussion about that. And of course, I have to use this opportunity to give a shout out to our interstellar voyagers, Voyager. Right, mm-hmm, the Voyager mm-hmm. missions are on the edge of the solar system right now. They're the farthest right. human-made thing that's that has ever been sent anywhere, and we still talk to them every single day. They launched. Oh, I 40, thought they cut the. Oh, I thought they, they launched that. Oh, that, forty-five oh years ago. Wow. They're going to oh, be fifty in another four years sweet. or so. That is so sweet. And, and they are still going. They got that golden record on there, Neil. You know mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. it, right? And and. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if any uh, aliens are out there, you know, spinning the disc, uh, they'll find out about us. So yeah. we, okay. interstellar travel, I think, is um, you know, interstellar exploration is definitely on the horizon. Okay. By the way, but the question 
actually asked interplanetary, but I think they meant interstellar. Oh, interstellar. that is not how I yes. interpreted it. Sorry. Yeah, yes. As did I. As yes. did I. Beyond no, the I think that no, was that's the right cool. The interplanetary is cool. And I just yeah. love the idea of the uh, aliens finding that disc and playing it and going, this is the worst damn album I have ever heard. <laughs> like I happen to have a record player right here. Yeah. So, so nice. No, wow. no, you got to go back to the to the Saturday Night Live skit because on the on the albums like Mozart, Beethoven, Heartbeats, right. Chuck Berry was on there. There's a, right. it's a melange of human culture and Saturday Night Live did a skit back brilliant. in the '70s. Back in the '70s, where the aliens found the ship and sent a message and it says. Send more Chuck Berry. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. Totally. Chuck Berry <laughs> actually came and played on the steps right outside my building here at JPL. Yes, uh, yes. In the 80s, it, it, you know? As a celebration yeah. of that. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's so cool. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, All right here it is. Chuck, maybe here it time is. for well, like, one more. Here's one more. Okay. And right. it comes from our friend Alejandro Reynoso. Okay. <laughs> wow, good voice, Chuck. <laughs> he says... <laughs> Just, Easy, buddy. This the is, fact that he keeps writing back means he's not offended by what you've done. He's not offended by what I do. So, but anyway, it's a regular. Back to good. Back to yeah, he's a regular. Alejandro Reynoso from Monterrey, Mexico. Okay, okay. he says hello, <laughs> or, <laughs> or should I say, hola? Okay, go on. Come. My question is. What is the most important thing that you are working on that we do not know about? Oh, I love that question. What a great, great question. question. Okay. On. What here, a great here question it to is. on. I, I have two. I'll be really, really fast. Because everybody knows about our Mars rovers and all the cool um, planetary stuff we do. But we also do amazing things in astrophysics. We are building the first major coronagraph, an instrument that's going to block the light of stars uh -huh. so we can image planets around them that will launch on the next big space telescope called the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope, named after woman, woo. And um, and the other thing you, we do a ton of... Wait, wait, just to be clear, all of our knowledge of exoplanets comes from their influence on the host star or because they block right? out the light. And so we, we don't actually pictures. see them. We don't actually see them. We want so pictures. So you're saying you're going to build a, 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 we are. a telescope that is taking light away so that you're not, you can image the planet is not lost in the glare. Correct. It's like oh, the size of a grand piano, this thing. It's amazing. So, right. and then the other big thing we do that I really want to mention is Earth science, eyes on Earth. Yeah. We are driving the future technology that helps us measure and understand where our home planet is headed. And we care really deeply about that as well. And so we've got a lot of new missions coming up in Earth science, whether it's working on aerosols and their connection to asthma or looking at the radiation budget at the poles or understanding, you know, earthquakes and wow. biomass. And then we just launched, of course, SWAT to look at Earth's water. Wow. wow. Very cool. Excellent. So, Lord, okay, now tell us uh, what's classified. We want to hear that too. Mm -hmm. I, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. So, no, you know, it's not going to work. <laughs> well, we won't tell anybody. We're just, just, our, just our fan base. That's all. We, we, can, we can all keep a secret. <laughs> It's that is the <laughs> sweetest way I've ever heard anybody say, I'll have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like your tone is like, you know, it was so yeah, inviting was and smiles. warm. Yeah, yeah. It, was so, it was so loving, yes. But yeah, yeah, it was. I'll, I'll kill you, dear. Yes, yes he's okay. a, you're a dangerous woman, Lori. New comments. So, Lori, thanks for being on Star Talk. Oh, my gosh. And we wanted to get you right when you started and then 
I, I realized retrospectively how bad an idea that was because you're, you're just trying to get up and running. Yeah. And so catching up with you six months later in the new year, 2023, um, we look forward to all that you will bring to the Jet Propulsion Labs, maintaining and extending the legacy that is so storied for that institution. So thank you. Uh, we're it was find a thrill Lori. to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. All right. All right. Everybody, it's been a delight once again. And uh, Lori, we'll try to. Can we have like a, a a red phone hotline to your office for like if something else happens in the future, you can like. As long as I can have a personal astrophysicist line where I can call you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah. Two ways, my friend. Two ways. No, it's just that, that JPL does. We all know JPL does the coolest stuff, and we don't want to be too far we from do. it. We know, we know we're not because you're there. So, Thanks. all right. This has been Star Talk, Cosmic Queries Edition, all about JPL, past, present, and future, featuring Lori Lesh and its new director. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, as always, bidding you to keep looking up. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.